0: It's car con carne. Let's eat. And welcome to Friday Night. It is Car Carne. I'm James Van Osdell. And the show tonight is sponsored by our friends at Siren Records McHenry, 3902 Maine in McHenry. Tonight, I, I'm so glad to be talking about food again on this podcast after 12 months of sheltering in place and not being able to dine in my car. Uh, if you're going to bring food back into the podcast, you have to do it the right way. Tonight, we're talking about Lou Malnati's. You know, it's no small feat to have your restaurant associated with Chicago, the city's culture, its lifestyle. It's people, it's Lou Malnati's. In a world where the word legendary is abused, misused, overstated to the point of losing all credibility, Lou Malnati's is legitimately a Chicago legend. It is truly iconic. And my guest tonight, he is here to talk about 50 years of Lou Malnati's. He is Mark Malnati. He is the son of Lou Malnati. He is the owner of Lou Malnati's. Mark, good evening. Happy Friday.
1: All right, James. Glad to be with you.
0: I did bring Lou Nati's pizza for show and tell tonight.
1: That is great. I, I, gu- I
0: guess let's start here. Let, let's just start with the food, shall we? All right. The crust. It's
1: there, good. There,
0: there's something magical about what you do with this crust. There anyone, is. anyone can put ingredients on a pizza, but at the at the base of it all, you have to have a kick-ass crust. And talk about that for a second. Yeah,
1: you know, if if you don't have a good crust, you don't have a good pizza. And, to, you know, we, we really pride ourselves on, on having a flaky, buttery, not too thick, not too bready, um, you know, just a melt in your mouth crust.
0: A, a pizza that's made for beer companionship.
1: Let me see the bottom. Let me see the bottom of that. I want to see the golden brown. Uh, you know, it looks like it could have taken a little more heat. No, 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 it was just the light. It was it's- good.
0: It's just this ring light. I'm trying to be an influencer. I've got a ring light overhead. No, this oh, is, this you. is golden brown. This is the real thing. Yeah. So half a century of Lumal Malnati's and no secret. The last year was a year of unprecedented challenges, but I've got to think over 50 years, there were ups and downs in the life of Lumal Malnati's last year aside. What were some challenges that, that you waded through during the hmm. 50 years?
1: Well, that's a fair question. And, Uh, I think the first big challenge that I, uh, you know, kind of walked through was uh, 1978. We'd been open seven years. We had three stores, Elk Grove, Lincolnwood, and then the third one had just opened in Flossmoor. And that was the year, uh, 77 was the year I got out of college, and early 78 was when my dad died. And uh, so I had a problem with the fact that I lost my dad. I was 22. My brother was still in school. He was 18. And my mom, you know, was doing her best to kind of keep things together. Um, but we had a store in Flossmoor that was really underperforming. And in in this business, if you have one bad store, it can suck the life out of three good stores. And so we had to make the call is, you know, I, it was, and it was a call I didn't want to make. I, I wanted to, I wanted to show my dad we could turn the store around and, and um, you know, make it, make it hum like the other ones. And, and I, I went out there and tried to try to get it going. I I moved out there. And, um, but while I was able to kind of get the expenses under control, I couldn't get the revenue going. We weren't known at all on the South side and um, and, you know, frankly, we had made some other mistakes as well. I mean, first of all, opening 50 miles from your closest store didn't, wasn't great. At, you know, wasn't great for bringing in your veteran crew and, and having them kind of stand in the gap for the you know first few months you were open. They came out a few days, but no one was, no one wanted to drive two hours round trip. And, and secondly, my dad had switched the ovens because he heard that the south side wouldn't wait as long as the north side. and And that was a disaster. Uh, that's, a you know, that's a whole nother story. And, and we just, you know, we weren't doing well. And uh, to make the decision to close that store in May of 78 was, uh, was the biggest one I had ever made at that time. And sad and, um, um, you know, it, it, it tore me up to do that. And so that was, that was probably the first big, you know, um, kind of pivotal uh, move. Uh, along the way, we made other mistakes. You know, we tried to open a pizza by the slice store in the, in the West Loop uh, in the 80s. That that didn't go very well. Although on paper, that sounds like a great idea. It did. You know, it was great at, you know, at 12 to 1230 and at, you know, six to 630 at night when we had, you know, when people were coming in and we could just crank it out. It was, you know, it was like doing Lollapalooza or Taste of Chicago. But at the odd hour <laughs> three in the afternoon, our pizza wasn't doing, you know, people came in and they wanted it right now. It was like a fast food operation. and We couldn't, we couldn't do it. And we couldn't, you know, we didn't want to reheat it. And so that was, that was not my best idea. Um, and there's, you know, there's been others along the way, but we opened in England and that wasn't a great idea. And yeah, what do they we opened, know? We opened in New York. That wasn't a great idea either, but, uh you know we've we've done really well in Chicago, and we've been blessed in in that how we've how we've opened and you know we started opening one place a year and then we got the two and you know now you know multiple and um uh, and uh we've had a chance to really infiltrate downtown in the,
0: and, know, in, lo- at, and the that that
1: location
0: that location off the Meg mile is beautiful. I love that one, yeah and i you know as you talk about the, the strategy of opening one a year i feel like the, the past couple newer uh locations i visited everyone has its own style or yeah. or flair like the one in lincoln square has its own look and vibe the one off the mag mile has its own look and vibe certainly the original in lincolnwood has its own thing they're they're all clearly Lumal malnati's, but there are little points of differentiation which i think are unique to those locations
1: sure we work with mark nauer out of uh out of the northern suburbs. And he's a fantastic architect and designer. And um, we've been doing that for 20 years. And and I think, you know, it's our desire to have a different personality in every store based on that particular neighborhood. We don't want to appear to be a, a chain. We want to be a series of, you know, sort of independent restaurants that are all kind of competing in their own neighborhood for a bigger slice of the pie and boom 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 and uh we um uh, we we want to we want them to look and feel a little different we we, we want you to we don't want you to, to uh think about eating at Milnatis when you're at work during the day downtown and thinking oh you know I, I'm not going to go there for dinner it's the same old place as downtown I, we want it to look and feel different
0: was it a foregone conclusion that you were going to be part of the family business, or was there ever a point where you said, "You know what? I'm going to be a CPA" or a? Uh, well, go- my
1: dad had me convinced I should be a dentist when I went to college. I, I was the first one in the in the whole family to ever go to college, and and uh, you know they didn't know much about it, but they decided that hey, this guy, he's going to be a dentist. And I went. I was in chemistry. I think maybe two weeks when I decided I don't, I hate this, I don't want any part of this. And I, (laughs) you know, I switched out of all the science courses and into, um, you know, the courses that would uh, precipitate uh, a business degree and, and move in that direction. Um, So there was a couple weeks where it wasn't going to happen. And then I just, you know, I had been working in the restaurant since I was 15. And uh, when when my dad opened Lincolnwood, and I, I just thought, this is what I want to do. I don't want to, I don't want to be a desk guy. I I want to be out with people and I want to have a chance to build teams. And, uh, and I, I love working with food.
0: Yeah. It's so true. People who've been in this industry for, for life, I mean, it's in your blood. Like you, you can't, you can't imagine doing something else. You can't imagine sitting at a desk working nine to five. It's the hours, it's the lifestyle, it's the speed at which business moves. It's just, you you can't shake that.
1: Right. And I I had my brother um, who followed followed me was four years younger and he came out of school and, you know, we had we had things for him to do and plugged him in and 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 he worked together with me for a good 20 years. And, you know, and and he was a guy who who, you know, we loved working together and and he loved the the camaraderie, um, but he felt like his passion was really working with kids and in, in in coaching. So he left and, and went on to become Hall of Fame coach at New Trier High School and Fenwick. And, um, and uh, you know, so he was one of those guys, you know, he, he liked it. He just didn't love it.
0: So stay on the family tip for a second. This is a family run business. How what are the challenges, I guess, in keeping that mentality, keeping that culture in place as you continue to grow your local and national footprint?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think it, it's always been about family for us, and and when I say that, it, it it it's not only that customers have had an opportunity to to celebrate you know major life milestones like you know wedding rehearsal dinners or bar mitzvahs or you know major birthdays or things like that at Malnati's because they have, but it it's also about we hire families and and you know someone comes in and we want you know hey bring your brother bring your sister bring your mom and then later your daughter and son and we have so many families like that um as part of our company that it's just kind of woven into the fabric of, of who we are and uh you know if you know some people would say you can't do that that's going to just create all kinds of issues and and I think that you know it, it you can have an issue here and there but but the the value of having that kind of uh, tight-knit group uh, far outweighs the the you know the other side you
0: know I, I've been well aware that Chicago expats order Lou Malnadis they, they have it delivered it's important they, they miss it. I've been very aware of that from the from the periphery uh now i'm seeing it firsthand because my son is going away Mm -hmm. to school and when he comes back home it's dad when are we getting malnati's it's i don't know what you're doing to people once they leave here but yeah they can't can't shake you
1: well he's different than most kids then because most kids already have it ordered before before they even see their dad or mom (laughs) and and it's just dad give me the keys i need to go pick up lose so what what do you think it is
0: what has I think allowed
1: it's the crack cocaine in the crust? There it is there it yeah. is All <laughs> right I wasn't going to say it
0: but and, and federal federal agents are on their way <laughs> uh, in a town that is obviously so known for pizza, what is it about Mo- Lou Malnati's that's allowed it to not just exist but thrive be ragingly successful for fifty years?
1: Mm-hmm. well i I think the restaurant business you know starts and stops with the quality of people that you um, invite to work with you. And, you know, beyond just having families, we have been able to, to recruit tremendous individuals who who wind up, you know, you know, it maybe starts with loving the product, but um, it, it, it moves to, you know, man, I, I love working at this pace. You know, I, we have a there's a work ethic at Milnati's that you know where where people just pride themselves on on digging into the trenches together and you know kind of going into battle when a you know weekend night comes along, you know, and and we're going to crank out 700 orders.
0: I think that's um, a Midwestern
1: thing, don't you? Um, yeah, you know, maybe it is, you know, and there, you know, yeah, right. And there, there's just a, a great belief in teamwork, and then the other component is uh just a a commitment to working on themselves, to, to develop themsel- developing themselves personally and becoming um, more conscious people. In other words, um, a friend of mine, Jim Dethmer, who's an author uh, on leadership, talks about people who choose curiosity over, you know, kind of righteousness. Like, you know, versus, you know, it's like, I'm willing to, to, you know, ask the question, you know, what, what do you mean by that? And, and explain that to me versus I need to, I need to be the one with the answer. I need to know. Um, and, and also just someone who's willing to take a hundred percent responsibility for what happens in their life. And, you know, if I'm late, you know, it, it wasn't the train that made me late or the bad car or, you know, any of that stuff, you know I, I created this experience myself um, versus, you know, I'm a victim to circumstances i'm I'm living at the effect of someone else. and we we really work hard to kind of um, you know have one another's back and 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 support one another in growing to be the best leaders that we can all be, by giving feedback, by staying clear with one another by, by sharing the story we're making up, you know, about what's going on in our relationship before things get really out of hand. And, you know, that, those kind of things are, are paramount in our culture. And I think they've created a, uh, a workplace where, you know, people really want to come to work. They really love working with the the others they uh, work with. They, they treat the business as if it's their own. And, um, you know, I, I think that you know you have to have that kind of thing going on in order to make it 50 years in in any business, especially in in a business where everybody's bumping into each other all all night.
0: I started the interview by asking about challenges over 50 years. Let's flip that around. What, what were some high points from where you're sitting? Some some moments where you thought, "Oh man, it can't possibly get better than this."
1: Yeah, um, I think I think the first night that I didn't, that I wasn't, we were opening a new store and I wasn't scared that if it, if it, you know, wasn't successful right off the bat, we might, we might lose the whole, the whole enchilada, you know, like the, everything might come down like dominoes. And that was probably about the, um, I don't know, probably about the eighth or ninth store somewhere in the eighties, because we, we took some risks, in the eighties where, you know, cause we didn't have any money and we'd open up on a shoestring um, and risk everything. Uh, and, you know, it, it had to go. So those, you know, those, those moments, you know, I remember each of those moments of opening restaurants and being scared. And then I remember kind of getting past that, that, you know, that fear. I mean, I always want restaurants to open successfully. We're going to open one and Oak Brook, uh tomorrow night. We have the soft opening. We open on Monday, um, our first one out there. And I, I was going to say,
0: I, I, I guess I'm surprised that you're not there already. Yeah, it seems, it seems like a perfect place for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. It it. We'll see. You know, um, uh, we've got kind of got it surrounded. We've got a store in Western Springs and and Elmhurst, and you know, a, a couple others in the area, but. Uh, this is that those are carryouts and this is a, our first restaurant out that way so um, we'll see you know I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be really successful especially when you know the offices reopen out there and oh my god yeah. like that's starting to happen and um, you know catering and and uh, you know handle helping people uh, in their offices is a big part of our business so we're we're expecting big things out of those those channels in Oak Brook.
0: Going back to the food for a second. So back many moons ago, Uno invented Chicago style deep dish. Your dad took that recipe and then 50 years ago, opened Lumalnati's. How much have you, has the recipe been tweaked or played with over the past 50 years, whether it's yeah. the sauce or what you're doing with the cheese or the crust? Is it still faithful to what Lumalnati did 50 years ago?
1: No. Well, I think it's a little better actually. Because you know, I don't think he. I don't think we had the science then, um, but we're able to to really measure things uh, better and differently. Uh, we're able to. We're able to. They're able to, in California to do different things with tomatoes than they've ever done before. To kind of create them plumper and redder and sweeter, and so that you know, right at that moment where they're the best of the you know all year in in uh, late August usually you know, uh, I, I think, I think they're better th- you know, th- than ever before. And, and there used to be, you know, some years where they were down, you know, where the crop was kind of down or didn't, you know, the flavor was off a little bit and everything that doesn't happen anymore. They're smarter than that out there. Um, I think the cheese makers are better and more consistent. And, and so, uh, you know, but do we, are we true to the recipe? Ab- absolutely. And, and, you know, um, Others have, while others have kind of lost their way, you know, maybe people that, you know, had, had, we had grown up with and, uh, around competitors, I, I think, you know, through, through change of management, change of ownership, sometimes, you know, others have really struggled and I've, I've watched it and I've tasted it, but, um, I think you, I think you'd find, and I think you'd find a lot of agreement out there, you know, over the, you know, the three or four generations that have you know, gone on since Milnati's opened, that the pizza still stands up, you know, better than ever. And uh, the product is consistent, consistently great.
0: It is consistently great. Again, I'm going to hold up this fantastic deep dish sausage pizza. By the way, I, for me, it's always sausage. It's got to be know. getting
1: cold, though. You know, I, I don't see oh. the cheese pulling. You eat it anyway, though. I bet you oh, eat it absolutely. warm,
0: cold. I eat don't like the
1: car out of the trunk.
0: I'll eat it out of the fridge the next morning. I have no, I mean, go. I love it when it comes piping hot, but I have no problem with the cold deep dish from Malnati's, but yeah. that all said, I mean, we all kind of reflexively think of deep dish when we think of Lou Malnati's. I think your thin crust doesn't get it, the attention it deserves. Cause that also yeah. is delightful, but it's right. not thought of as reflexively as deep. Yeah.
1: Dish. No, I, I think our thin crust is great. Um, you know, I, I had it last night and I, I love it. I think it's, uh, I think it is underrated, but, you know, you have to lead with something and <laughs> this is the big dog.
0: All right. So before I cut you loose, Mark Malnati, owner of Lou Malnati's, uh, what do you have going on for the 50th anniversary?
1: Well, we've got right now, we've, we've, we're selling the both the classic and the Lou, the large size for 1971 after the year we opened. And that's quite a uh, price discount. So take advantage of that for the, you know, the next few weeks that that's available I think they've got a uh, a, a tremendous contest uh, planned coming up in the next few months. We'll see um, where people send in little videos about, you know, how they would build a pizza and, you know, how they build their favorite pizza and what, you know, what would be on it, what we're missing at Polnati's and and we'll pick four or five of those and we'll have a, a genuine throwdown a la Bobby Flay and nice. they'll compete uh, against me with, you know, with real Chicago uh, uh, judges to... To uh, you know where we'll definitely have the judging fixed, and we'll see how they do. <laughs> um, we've got uh, you know people are are sending in um, stories about you know their favorite memories at Malnati's, and we're posting them all over our websites. And uh, there's 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 a lot of opportunities if you if you go to uh, malnati's.com.
0: There was something in the water in 1971. Lou Malnati's opened. Led Zeppelin released Zeppelin IV. The Who put out Who's Next. Watershed let us, year in, let us, in entertainment Melman, and food.
1: Melman started Let Us Entertain You in June of 71 as well. What a year. I, one, of I, my, one of my favorites. One of my oh mentors. Yeah. A true it, legend.
0: If you grew up in the area, I mean, your life revolved around lettuce Rest. I think R.J. Grunts. One of my earliest restaurant memories is R.J.
1: Grunts. Mm-hmm, right. That's, that's just grown
0: up. Uh, all right. So 50 years of Lou Malnati's. Uh, here, I, I wish I had a, a, a glass or some kind of drinking vessel to toast you. I, I do. To, Here I do. Let me pass
1: it to you.
0: Here's to 50 more. All right. Congrats on your your anniversary. And thanks for talking tonight.
1: All right. Let's get together again 50 years from now. Same night. Or sooner and in person. All right. Sounds (laughs) good.